coming up this week, China's best-selling EV hits new sales records. Mercedes unveils the price of the EQS. Cadillac sells out the Lyric and more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 79 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answer your questions about electric vehicles. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. Starting us off this week is a story about the Wuling Hongkong Mini EV, China's best-selling electric vehicle, and it is now reaching new record-level sales again. Mark Kane at Inside EVs writes, According to the latest reports, in August, the total volume amounted to 41,188 units, which is a new all-time high. Probably also means that the company has solved some of its production constraint issues. The SAIC-GM Wuling joint venture sold a total of 43,783 EVs, and for reference, Tesla sold or exported a total of 44,264 units, while BYD some 60,858. The company has already delivered about a quarter million of the Wuling Hongguang mini EVs so far this year and is quickly approaching 400,000 units cumulatively. Not bad considering that it's barely 15 months on the market. Car News China reports that soon the SAIC GM Wuling venture will an- introduce a new upgraded version of the Wuling Hongguang Mini EV. It will be slightly larger to accommodate a much bigger battery of 26 kilowatt hours compared to the 9.3 or 13.9 kilowatt hours now. And the purpose of the bigger battery is to extend the NEDC range from 120 to uh, to 180 kilometers to over 300 kilometers or 186 miles and qualify for subsidies as well as collect more zero emission credits for each sale. The new version will obviously be more costly, but this might be negated by the subsidy of up to $2,500 US or so. So in other words, there is a chance that consumers would get an EV with a much longer range, a bit more space for rear legroom, and even more power for only a slightly higher price. The changes also include some body panels and lights. And if you don't know about this car, it is definitely a sensation in China. Um, Google it. The uh, Wuling Hongguang Mini EV is definitely one to keep an eye on. Norway is ahead of the game in EV sales, as we all know. With gasoline's share of the new car market vanishing more and more every month, faster than almost anyone could have predicted. This has led Norway to have the earliest target now for the phase-out of new gas vehicle sales in the world, 2025. Basically, you can look at that as being almost three years away. But gas cars might not even last that long in new car sales. According to an analysis printed by Norwegian Automobile Federation magazine Motor, the downward trend in sales for gas cars has been so consistent and so steep that the last new gas car sale in Norway could happen just seven months from now in April of 2022. 
Norway's Road Traffic Council reports monthly sales figures for all cars sold in the country, so we do have accurate reports on just how many new cars of each powertrain choice get sold. In the most recent accounting, cars without any type of electrification made up less than 10% of new car sales, down from about 21% last year. If the trend present for the last few years continues, the trend line will hit zero in April of next year. And this is a lot earlier than their 2025 target, which to be clear is not a legal requirement just yet, more of a soft target agreed upon by Norway's government. These statistics do count controversial hybrids as electrified, somewhat of a strange designation, since they do still get 100% of their energy from gasoline, but all of the top vehicles can run at least partially on electricity, and conventional hybrids make up less than 10% of the new car sales in Norway anyway. As Motor acknowledges in their article, the very last gas car probably won't be sold in April of 2022. Not every car segment has a good selection of vehicles yet, and there are always some exceptions. So somebody out there is going to need a vehicle, and there just won't be an EV for them. But there is a clear trend that outside of those very, very few exceptions, there will probably not be many mass market sales of non-electrified vehicles. Norway might even allow limited numbers of gas car sales to continue past 2025, with the expectation that numbers might be small enough that a legislative ban really wouldn't matter either way. Since the start of this year, 14 of the top 15 cars in Norway in terms of sales are all electric, with the RAV4 Prime plug-in hybrid in second place, and that is the only plug-in hybrid in the top 15. 16th place goes to the Toyota Corolla Hybrid, and we have to look all the way down to 38th place to find the first car without an electric motor in it, which is the Volkswagen Tiguan diesel. Much of the credit for Norway's head start can be given to strong tax incentives for electric vehicles, and gas vehicles are subject to a significant tax additionally, and electric vehicles are exempt from that tax. So as a result, you can get a much better EV at any price compared to gas cars that are similar. But that tax exemption has stayed the same for a long time, and electric car sales just keep going up. In fact, EVs have even lost some of their perks in recent years, like free parking and toll road fee exemptions. So what's driving the rise in EV sales is greater variety in available vehicles and just a general overall cultural trend towards electrification. Since it's becoming clear that gas cars are on the way out, nobody wants to be saddled with a vehicle that they won't be able to fuel in 10 years, and some Norwegian gas stations are already replacing gas pumps with electric chargers. So you kind of reach that point where it just accelerates and accelerates as, you know, the rock is rolling downhill, if you will. So way to go, Norway. I think that that is an example for the rest of the world to follow. Next, Cadillac began accepting reservations this past weekend for the Battery Electric 2023 model year Lyric crossover, and that will be the brand's first model to use the Ultium battery and drivetrain. The Lyric was first revealed last summer, promising over 300 miles of range thanks to a 100 kilowatt hour battery and plenty of futuristic features inside, including the Super Cruise semi-autonomous driver assist system. The Lyric will also serve up 340 horsepower and 325 pound-feet of torque, along with a 190 kilowatt fast charging speeds that will be able to give it enough juice in 10 minutes to cover 76 miles. 
which the report that I'm reading from actually kind of makes that sound good. But uh, for a 2023 model, 10 minutes should, you should be able to get more than 100 miles in 10 minutes. So not being able to do that, I don't know. It's probably negligible. I'm not sure that makes that much of a difference. Um, and obviously for the people that are interested in the Lyric, it doesn't because Cadillac opened up reservations for the debut edition of the Lyric at 1 p.m. on Saturday the 18th, so just last Saturday. And in 10 minutes, every single available debut edition had been sold. It sold out, which sounds great, but Cadillac didn't tell anybody how many were offered in the debut edition. So that could have been three. Who knows? It probably wasn't. Um, likely it was a few hundred, maybe maybe in the low thousands, but I, I doubt that. Um, you know, if it was 500, 700, something like that, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and honestly, for, for a few hundred to sell in 10 minutes, uh, I like that. You know, that's, that's pretty good. Um, now, it occurs to me that I keep selling that saying that they were sold, they were reserved. The reservation was $100. So anybody with $100 that was interested could reserve one. They're not actually going to be sold until the first deliveries, which are likely going to be in mid-2022. So among other things, this means that buyers won't be able to order another Lyric until the summer of 2022, which is a fairly decent time to wait for sure during which a number of other electric crossovers will arrive on the market from German, South Korean, and yes, Japanese automakers. The starting price of the Lyric will be just under $60,000 when it does arrive, and the debut edition is actually expected to be a bit higher than that, um, because at the end of the day, it is custom, and so people are willing to pay a little bit more for something that they have that is special. So... Look forward to the Lyric. More news on that. Certainly a vehicle that I do think is going to sell well. Uh, I It should be competitive with the uh, some of the like Audi e-tron, Jaguar I-Pace, like that segment. So we'll see. Next, Mercedes-Benz has priced the flagship EQS electric vehicle more than $8,700 below the price of the gas-powered S-Class counterpart which is a strategic move by the German automaker aiming to ensure a successful rollout of the luxury EV in North America. The EQS, which will arrive in U.S. dealerships in the fall of this year, so they say, will start at, get this, this low, low price of $103,360, which does include the $1,050 destination charge. Yeah, we're talking about a six-figure car. But it's less than the gas-powered counterpart. That is what I think is really cool. So Mercedes is gonna start with two models of the EQS, the 450 Plus and the 580 4Matic, which the 580 actually does have a higher base price of 120,000 or so. So, um, you know, if you want the base model, you're not paying 120, you're paying 103. Um, the two variants will be offered in three different trims. The top is appropriately called Pinnacle, and that pushes the price point as high as 126000 including that destination charge. And Mercedes' decision to price the EQS below the S-Class with starts at 112 really illustrates the stakes at play here. 
the S-Class has long been the company's storied and luxurious flagship sedan. And Mercedes, which earlier this year outlined a $47 billion plan to become an electric-only automaker by the end of the decade, needs to either convert old S-Class owners to the EQS or bring in new buyers. The 2022 Mercedes-Benz exudes ultra-luxury, as expected, but uh, it is also loaded with tech, including the, I would say, famous or well-known at this point, 56-inch hyperscreen that goes from one side of the car all the way to the other, just one piece of glass with three different screens uh, beneath it. And, I mean, that that's cool. I, I will admit, that's really cool. Um, but they also have a, a massive HEPA air filter and software in the car that intuitively learns what the driver wants and needs. And... <laughs> This is something that I found to kind of be interesting. There's even a new fragrance called Number Six Mood Linen, and it and <laughs> that they're going to have available for the car. And it's described as uh, carried by the green note of a fig and linen. Which normally, when you describe something, it helps you understand what that is. In this case, that description doesn't help me understand really. <laughs> carried by the green note of a fig and linen. Um, whatever it is, I'm sure it smells great. Uh, and Mercedes is betting that all of this tech coupled with naturally the performance and the design and the price ultimately will attract buyers. And as something that TechCrunch has noted before, this is a very high stakes game for Mercedes. The German automaker is banking on a successful rollout of the EQS in North America that will hopefully erase any memory of its troubled and of course, now uh, next launch of the EQC crossover here in the States. Audi is expanding its EV lineup to include the smaller and cheaper Q4 e-tron, and we now have the full US details on the electric crossover. The 2022 Q4 e-tron will start at $44,995, or just under $45,000, which is less than the gas-powered Q5 crossover, and only a few thousand dollars more than the downmarket sibling from Volkswagen brand, the ID4. The Q4 shares its powertrain configurations with Volkswagen, and it comes standard in its 40 trim with a single rear-mounted electric motor that provides the same 201 horsepower and 229 pound-feet of torque that the rear-wheel drive ID4 does. The more powerful Q450 e-tron starts at 50,995 and adds all-wheel drive courtesy of an additional front electric motor that increases the total output to 295 horsepower and 339 pound-feet of torque, similar to the way the ID4 all-wheel drive has. See the trend there? Uh, there's also a swoopier Q4 e-tron Sportback that's available, and honestly, that's the one that I would want. That only comes in the more powerful 50 configuration, so the all-wheel drive, and starts at 53795 And Audi has only shared range estimates for the 50 models so far, which sits at 241 miles, according to the EPA, which, honestly, that's good enough. I'd say that a lot. You don't need as much range as you typically think you do. And so uh, the 40 being rear-wheel drive, like the ID4 rear wheel drive will likely have even more 
range than that compared to the all-wheel drive. Um, but, you know, we'll see what the actual real-world numbers show for the Q4 and the Q4 Sportback. So that's all for this week. But before I end, I do want to mention the upcoming Electric Vehicle Fall Festival that's taking place next Sunday. So basically a week from today on October 3rd at Dominion Raceway in uh, Central Virginia. Currently, pre-registrations are in the hundreds and it's looking like this could shape up to be the biggest EV festival on the East Coast this year. And without a doubt, uh, at least from the people that have pre-registered and, and uh, agreed to display vehicles, we're going to have a very, very diverse showing of many types of electric vehicles. Bluebird, for one, that stands out. They're bringing one of their electric school buses to display. And sadly, it won't be going around the track, but uh, <laughs> you know it will be on display. Uh, and I've gotten a chance to look at one of these up close. It's They're really cool. Um, XS Motorworks will be there along with um, Invoke Performance. And they're actually coming up bringing their custom-built EV and uh, hybrid cross carts which uh, I would suggest checking out the XS Motorworks or Invoke Performance YouTube channels to see those or the development of those vehicles. Um, very, very cool what these guys are doing. And they're completely custom, like built from the ground up, uh, chassis, suspension, everything. It's, it's really amazing. Greg from the Greg Goes Electric YouTube channel is coming with a few vehicle um, EV conversions, including... The big red 1955 Ford F100 pickup truck with a motorized solar array in the bed. So uh, it's it's actually like three separate panels, but they, with motors, kind of draw in and fold on themselves. Um, it's really cool. So uh, if you can't make it to the event, go to the Greg Goes Electric YouTube channel and you can check out all of the different EV conversions that he's been working on. Uh, EVSR which is an all-electric race car team. They're bringing their record-setting EV race cars not only to display, but also to give attendees of the event a chance at driving them around the road course. And I will put a link to their uh, sign-up in the show notes because they only have 30 spots available. And I know uh, at this point, like half of them are gone, including uh, <laughs> I was the first one to sign up. So... Um, you know, check that out. If you're able to make the event, you're going to want to drive one of these. Uh, they are, I mean, go to the EVSR um, YouTube channel or just search that on Google to find their other stuff and take a look at these because you don't want to miss that. RVA Tuck Tuck, a local company here in Richmond, will be there to help shuttle would-be pedestrians from the parking lot uh, in their three-wheeled electric tuk-tuks so if you're not familiar with the tuk-tuk it's two wheels in the back one in the front that steers uh, i think these are powered by like a 50 kilowatt uh rear wheel drive electric motor uh they're really cool and uh so i'm really thankful to have rva tuk-tuk come into the event we're also going to have uh, an electric dragster so for the quarter mile well not quarter mile eighth mile we're going to see an electric dragster run down the track which will be really neat and then ultimately just um, so many other passenger cars from most of the major brands. Uh, I know we're going to have a BMW i8, all of the Teslas, uh, Audi, Ford, 
Nissan, Volkswagen, um, a bunch. So if you're interested in electric vehicles or as an owner, one of the things I'm most excited about is that owners will have the opportunity to drive their very own cars on the two mile road course and the eighth mile drag strip. And that's not an opportunity that many EV owners are going to have on a regular basis. So if you're anywhere, you know, within what you consider driving distance of central Virginia, come down next week, um, bring the family because even if you're not interested in driving on the track and the excitement and fun of speed, the way I am, uh, we also partnered with the Heart of Virginia Wine Trail. So we're going to have five different wineries from the surrounding local area and an assortment of food from local vendors. So we've got a wine tasting and that festival element, all of that combined with like an EV car show and festival and track day kind of thing going on. So it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. I am super excited uh, it's just a week away now, so definitely, definitely, if you're you're anywhere close, whatever you consider close to be, that could be a thousand miles if if you consider that close. Uh, come on out, you won't want to miss it. So that is your show for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Um, share this podcast with your friends and anybody that you know that might be interested in electric vehicles. An announcement before I end, I have ended the Patreon page, or at least I think I did. Um, and so a big final shout out to our Patreon supporters, which especially Rajiv Narayan and Greg Fuller and James Hart. As always, I invite your feedback via email to hello at ev-resource.com. You can always leave a comment on the YouTube video if there is one. I have been skipping a couple because it's just been audio only. And ultimately, just don't forget to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you use to watch or listen. So that, that way you'll get notifications and all of the future shows delivered to you automatically. If you do want to listen to any of the previous podcast shows, you can find them on the webpage under the podcast section and on many of the major podcast platforms. So thank you so much for being with me this week, and I'll see you next time.